Hi, this is Suggs from Bad Manners, and you're listening to The Real Wedding Podcast. Hello! I'm Hugh Ford. I'm Jenny Slevin. And I'm Tom Canning, and welcome to episode 21 of The Real Reading Podcast. We're recording this on Thursday the 21st of June, not at all cutting it fine. Uh, and this week's guest is Suggs from Madness. Is he coming in? No, he's already been done the interview on the phone, sorry. Oh. Sorry to disappoint everybody, he's not coming in, but we have spoken to him on the phone. I got really excited, that's the only reason I'm here today. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to come in and do this. But I thought Suggs is coming in. I'm afraid. Uh, no, already no, done can, it. It's already done. I did it three weeks ago. Well, that sucks. <laughs> well, that sucks. Uh, that's <laughs> rubbish. Anyway, so yes, this week's guest is. So I, I think celebrity guest goes as far as to say our most high-profile guest on the podcast. Well, I said this, and you berated me. I did. For, I've stolen for, it from you for forgetting that Pete from Pete and the Pirates. Was also on, yep. Was also on. More of a celebrity, Reading celebrity yes. Than, yes. than an actual celebrity. Uh, for, for anybody worrying that uh, the interview with Suggs is just going to be about uh, nothing to do with Reading, I get as many questions in about Reading as possible into the interview. So, um, is it from, like a quiz? Well, no, not quite, but I do try and just lead him to talk about Reading as much as possible. <laughs> and he's, he's pretty game, so so uh, he, he was it was good to talk to him. It was a good chap all round. That, that's true local news style. Isn't it? <laughs> Get making, the, making people with very little or no connection to Reading talk about Reading. Yes, Aww. and obviously the reason he's on is because he's got two gigs coming up in Reading this year. Uh, the first one is at Englefield House on the sixth of July. I'm and, going to that. Are you? Uh, I'm not. I'm actually going to Germany that weekend, uh, so I'm not around. But the other one is Rivermead, uh, Legend on the 19th of December, which I'm going to try and go to. So um, listen out later on as well to find out how you can win tickets to the uh, gig at Englefield House. Um, sorry, Jenny, if you've already bought them. then um... Well, actually, I was going to put a shout out on the podcast and say if anyone wants to buy them off me, because <laughs> bought them for me and my husband, and apparently he can't miss whichever World Cup game is going to be on that night. I think it's a semi-final, so oh, okay. right. I guess I can cut him some leeway, but you know, it probably won't be England. So I don't know what that is. No. Could be. Could be. Um, if you want to get involved in the show, you can follow and write to us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod. You can look us up on Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast. And if you're able, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, as well as the interview with Suggs, which we're very excited about hearing, um, with all the usual features, including what we've liked this week and Thought Explains It All. So I think uh, normally we insert a discussion here, but I feel like we've already had our little discussion about what's going on. Um, should we talk about how you can win tickets to yes. Suggs, or should we do it afterwards? Let's do it after the interview. I don't feel like you can do that now. You've told people you're going to tell them, well, and you're going to... I think I'm going to leave it till Take after the interview. The dream and then no. snatch it away, Tom. After the inter- we need them to listen to what Hugh Ford's got to say this week. So let's leave it till after the interview. <laughs> and we'll, uh... They'll never say for that <laughs> if we give away the goods now. <laughs> yeah, right, that's it. Done, off. Um, okay, so without any further ado, the, uh, the ticket, how to win the tickets will be later. We will explain later on. Um, in the meantime, on to what we've liked this week. Jenny, you've had your uh, big hat on this week. I have had a big hat on this week, yeah. I went to Royal Ascot with uh, What's On writer Khadija on Tuesday. She's been there the rest of the week by herself. Um, Apparently, I walked nine miles on Tuesday. Wow. Which is, yeah, it's in four-inch heels as well, so... (sighs) That's pretty good. I deserve your respect. Well, you've, you've got it. <laughs> Hugh doesn't look at all amused. 
Um, I, yeah. no, I am impressed. I understand walking wearing in heels is harder than walking not in trainers. <laughs> you'll, you'll give her that, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Oh, so I've been to Alaska, and um, walking generally is very difficult because there's always loads of people there, and they're usually a bit worse for wear for drink, and therefore they stop all the time. And you, have to, you have to sidestep round them. So to do that in heels is also very impressive. I've just had a memory of because Hugh took me to my very first Royal Ascot <laughs> and I know exactly he what introduced me to everybody as his assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we stopped to interview anyone, he was like, oh, I'm just going to let my assistant set up the camera. I don't recall that, but what I do recall is um, we drove there and sat in a traffic jam for ages and then I drove past the car park we needed to go into. <laughs> and we had to turn that. around and sit in a traffic jam in the other direction for ages, wow, which uh, I was very cross about. The one thing growing up around that area was, was Royal Ascot Week was just a nightmare to get anywhere. If you needed to go out that way, out towards Surrey or anything like that, Sunningdale, Virginia Water, just don't even bother. Just stay at home. Put your feet up. There's no point. One thing you can do if you if you're that way inclined is to go to uh, Wokingham Station at the end of at the end of the day. Yeah. At Ascot at about seven o'clock in the evening and just watch the uh, the carnage. I have <laughs> off the train. Women carrying their shoes around. Yeah. Blokes in there who look so smart at the yes. start of the day. <laughs> you know their, their jackets are all undone. Yeah. Their, their top hats have probably been lost somewhere. And uh, we when I'd uh, I'd often deliver curries when I was uh, when I when I lived at home at my mum and dad's and so we'd be at the restaurant around the corner from uh, from where I lived and about probably sort of eight nine o'clock all these really drunk but well-dressed people would just fall into the restaurant and and just oh it's just oh, been an absolute mess a curry oh. yes that's, that's <laughs> a good way to end the day but it was it was it was good fun um obviously it's still going on this week still going on Friday and Saturday the queen will be there every day Meghan Markle and Prince Harry were there on Tuesday that was very exciting um so yeah, just have a great day if you are going to Alaska, and we've got loads and loads of information on where to park, how to get there, what the dress code is, what you can pack in your picnic basket, all of that sort of stuff on Get Ready. So if you uh, if you're your first time, check out all of our Royal Ascot guides on the website. Excellent, thank you, Jenny. Um, did you want to talk about something you hate? <laughs> I've been driving Tom and Hugh mad this morning, ranting about commuters on scooters I can't work out how to make that shorter <laughs> Ka-scooters Yeah No No, no. I don't think it needs to be uh, oh. You know I, I walk to walk to Scoomuters Scoomuters <laughs> No I, they, don't, they don't need a catchy name because they need to go they need to go away um, Sorry if you are a commuter on a scooter but I walk to and from work every day past the train station and I am getting annoyed with grown adults pushing themselves along on a scooter most of them in suits <laughs> just walk or get a bike oh god I, d- I don't really know what my issue with it is but it just <laughs> but you've really got one. annoys me <laughs> thanks that's quite alright that's alright I feel like the afternoon in the office will be a lot nicer <laughs> um, Hugh what have I liked yes big scary animals that aren't true that may or may not exist. Not true. There was a zoo in Denmark that was evacuated today because a lion escaped from the enclosure. In Denmark? Yeah. Not in Reading. No, but that lion may well have made its way to Shinfield right now. It can swim too, famously. It's likely, I'm pretty sure the plan would be to head to rural West Berkshire once you escape from Denmark. Yes. 
Uh, yes, this is Big Cats. Uh, this is a, 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 a long-standing thing with local news publications around the country. Um, people claiming to have seen very large animals roaming around the countryside. Um, we have, in the last maybe three months, had sightings of what apparently is a puma in uh, the Berkshire area. One person saw it in their garden in Burfield Common. That's terrifying. Not true. It said it ran out. He said he, it ran out from underneath his rhododendron bush. <laughs> big rat. Of course, it's it a big did. rat. Of course, it was lurking in his rhododendrons. <laughs> uh, so, so we like we like that. And then a few weeks later, he, somebody in Shinfield uh, said they saw another puma um, roaming around a building site that he can see from he, from his. Window. I'm going to hazard a guess that if there is a puma in Berkshire, it's the same one. I think, it's, <laughs> I think it's, yeah. I, I think it's probably the same one. Yes, it's probably quite easy to roam around. Um, I we uh, have a contact at the University of Reading who is an expert in big cats who spent many years studying them in Africa, and she said it's entirely possible people uh, had animals in private collections. Um, the sort of people who buy big country houses yeah. in West Berkshire. Are you saying uh, Richard Bennion's got a pack <laughs> I'm not ruling out. <laughs> he's still bad from driving, isn't he? So he might have started a new... Does uh... he ride a puma? <laughs> a new hobby. Now he oh, sorry, drive. right. Now he can't drive. Um, but yes, uh, there was some law change many years ago which meant that it became much more complicated to, to keep large animals and that the theory is that unscrupulous owners of these last collections instead of taking them to zoos or safari parks just let them out into the woods and obviously they are not native animals and in this country our wildlife is so boring that they don't have any predators as such so they can just roam around the the um, the woodland being the top dog or the top cat <laughs> um, I'd like uh, to think we, you worked on that, but you haven't. <laughs> you know, freely picking off, picking off any kind of uh, prey they'd like. Um, we've had numerous sightings of p- people coming across mutilated corpses and um, things like that, and f- big footprints, and or sightings of the cats themselves. My my mates, parents who live in Mortimer, are adamant they saw an enormous cat just wandering down one of the roads there uh, about ten years ago. There is a reason to be sceptical, I'm, I'm yeah, afraid. Yeah. Looking at your face, <laughs> I can see. But um, camera phones have been a thing for many years yes. now. Yeah. Everyone walks around. No, not everyone, uh, but, but even my dad's got one, which suggests that they are very well used. Um, <laughs> everyone walks around with a camera in their pocket. And I know if you came face to face with a puma while out walking your dog, you'd probably be, be a little bit alarmed. Um, but consistently with the reports of big cats to us, uh, I... I looked through as many as I could find in our archive uh, a few months ago and the consistent linking feature of all of them was that no one had ever taken a picture of any any of these animals, not even a blurry a blurry unconfirmed thing, so that's what we'd like, if you do see a big cat be brave <laughs> risk your life, risk personal injury and get your, get your iPhone out and take a, take a picture of it um, Other camera phone strokes. But have you, you've also taken out recently uh, some shares in a personal injury lawyer, I believe. I have, yes. yes. Which is obviously why injury you're promoting. Lawyers fought you. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Oh, well, that's not funny. Um, <laughs> but it is. Uh, so, my theory yep. is that I think there probably is a puma. They live for quite a long time as well. So, potentially, it could be the same one that people keep on seeing. Um, the woods around here, it's easy for it to get about without being seen. Um, but I think there's maybe, if it is, it's one or a push two. Um, but get a photo. I, I want a photo. <laughs> um, and, then, and then we'll go from there. But there, the, the, there is some evidence, but not what you, you wouldn't be able to build a case around it uh, of, of proving it. If it was a court case, it would be thrown out on right. it, for being flimsy. But I like to think, it's one of those things I like to think it's true. And so I'm going to continue to think that. Hey, as long as it's, as long as this puma is not hurting anyone, then long may it be true. Yes. I am sceptical. If there was a sceptic scale from 1 to 10, where 10 is completely and utterly totally sceptical, I am 10. You're 10. Are yeah. You? You're uh, up there with the existence of aliens. Yeah. Oh, no, I think there's probably no, aliens somewhere. Maybe it's an alien puma. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um... Mine this week is that I don't know. Well, I don't know if anybody's seen this. There is a new football club for Reading, and they're called Reading City. And Hugh has some problems with this, uh, which uh, you know. Any proud Reddingensian would have a problem with this. Well, yes, because obviously the clear thing is that Reading is not a city. I am not looking at it from that point. I am looking at it from the fact that they appear to. Basically, they are the club formerly known as Highmore Ibis who I think it's fair to say, and I have spoken to the manager, but I think it's fair to say, Heimoribus had a little bit of an image problem prior to uh, this name change. Was it before one of their players went on Sex on the Beach, or X on the Beach, or whatever that programme was called? X on the Beach, uh, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was around that sort of same, same sort of time. But they've, they basically, they've, they've sort of had a bit of a rebrand, and they are very much looking forward to uh, trying to become the non-league football club for Reading. And... Um, Hugh obviously has some issues with the name, but you know, frankly, I think it's, it can only be a good thing. They seem to be doing things the right way, and um, I'm hoping that Reading will get behind them, particularly when uh, instead of sort of going off to maybe Maidenhead or Slough and places like that, where, where Reading fans sometimes end up, or, or even Thatcham, for example, where, where Reading fans sometimes end up when the club are away, maybe pop down to uh, to Scours Lane. Yeah, I can totally see why they're called Reading City because of uh, the. Uh demise I believe of Reading Town yes. uh, to set up another club just called Reading Town would be confusing Yes, um, and maybe they're looking to the future because maybe the, the city bid thing will come back may well do and Reading would become a city Reading well they have a good having, argument not having a cathedral uh, you don't need Reading, the cathedral though do you do you not no Is that it's up to the Queen up to the Queen yeah oh, Queen she, decides she's been here a few times I've seen her a few times she's seen the train station yeah, it's huge it's now great. I think that's a cathedral frankly it's a <laughs> modern <laughs> cathedral it is where you go <laughs> presumably it's not her decision presumably she had to sign a bit of paper oh I assume so yeah. there's been gone through many legislative I, I don't suspect I don't suppose for like, one moment no don't really like him no. <laughs> I don't suppose for one Don moment. Castro, she's, on the other hand, uh, well, that's yes. where it's at. <laughs> Donny. Um, 
yeah, so the, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. I think it's it's quite a good thing. Um, and they unveiled a badge today. They didn't did, they? which they look very smart. It's got the uh, I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, but it's got the Maywand lion. Maywand. Maywand. Uh, it's as far got as I'm aware. it's got the um, the what's the the office building? I forgot the blade. The blade, of course. I was going to say the spire. That's not right. The blade, and it's also got Reading Abbey on it, and it looks just pretty smart. So yes, um, you know, it, the old is new. Yes, I um, I think it's uh, it's quite exciting. Obviously, everything will be decided on the pitch, so we'll see how they go. But good luck to them, I say. Thanks, guys. Now it's time for Fort Explains It All. Hugh. Car parking. Oh, everyone's favourite subject. We love car parking almost as much as we love uh, whatever it was we loved last traffic time. Traffic jams, yes, which we'll get to. Um, <laughs> so, Hugh, this isn't your standard fault explains it all this week. No, this it's is a very no. It's quite a basic premise in that Reading Borough Council has chosen to put up the prices of par- hourly parking and long-term parking in an, in Reading's car parks. I'm not going to read out all the increases because that's extremely dull Um, (laughs) and there are many but essentially it's um, a fairly small increase in in some of those more short term parking, a quid, a couple of quid Um, it's for, if you want to leave your car in Reading for a long time it's where you're really going to get really going to get hit Um, for example, I think it's Queen's Road is going up from seven pounds for twenty-four hours parking. Um, sorry, seven hours, seven pounds for seven hours plus. So seven hours for twenty-four hours, not seven hours in, infinitely. You can't just leave your car forever. <laughs> and pay, and pay that. Um, go from seven pounds to sixteen pounds fifty, which is uh, more than double. I can't tell you the percentage increase, but it's a hundred and something. Um, which is quite a lot to park. Um, the the idea is to encourage people not to leave their cars in in the car park all day. Um, obviously, some people need to need to park to go to work. Um, but the council the council's idea is to try and have a, a sort of fairly quick turnaround in, in car parks and not have long term parking. Um, for, for people who are like going to London or whatever from the station um, so so they've they've hiked it up it's, they've, they've, I think they've done this in quite a few towns around the country um, and and the, the other idea is to try and get people to use park and ride um, to leave their cars for much cheaper for the day and get the, get the bus into town from from out of town from uh, from Mere Oak uh, by the, near the football stadium and from Winners Triangle, Winners uh, Triangle, a yeah. two, um, and I, I think there are there are long term plans for more park and rides as well. It's part of the the ongoing strategy of trying to do something to stop people driving into Reading um, as much. And if you do drive in, it's a quick trip. Go to your, go and do shopping, or have wander around and pay a few quid and come and drive off again. Um, not been met with much enthusiasm from our. Uh, from our readers, it's fair to say, um, this will kill the town centre. Was one one comment I read. This is you know this is ridiculous. The council only cares about hammering motorists to try and make money, um, and 
to be honest, it's something that I think that the council should be moving into. In that there's a very strange paradox going on because people say, people constantly complain about. I'm stuck in a traffic jam all the time. This is completely unacceptable. And also, absolutely refuse to consider not driving as railing at all. And there are, as we've discussed many times, there are a lot of buses. They're much cheaper than driving. They're, in most parts of the town, very regular and fairly, fairly comfortable and convenient. And lots of efforts are being made to make bus travel very convenient for people, like new bus lanes. But motorists just complain about that all, the entire time. But they also complain about the traffic, and they seem to think that the council is sitting on hundred million billion pounds to knock down the whole of the IDR, knock down the whole of the town, create wonderful new roads that don't have potholes on them, and are convenient that just promote easy car travel around Reading. It's not going to happen, and so people can either complain about high car parking prices and complain about traffic and be happy to sit in traffic jams and pay that, pay that much or they can consider other ways to get around. And I think the council um, is looking very much to pr- promote alternatives to the car and they're certainly never, I won't say never, never say never, but there's no nothing on the horizon that suggests a grand, massive billions and billions of spending on, on improving uh, car travel around the town so they're looking at the alternatives with the the systems we have and I don't really see there's anything wrong with that I, th- I think people's attitude <clears throat> towards driving needs to change a little bit quite frankly <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say I disagree with you a little, a little bit on, on some of your points because as we know bus travel isn't suitable for everybody um, you know there are lots of people with uh, visible and his and invisible disabilities. There are parents with lots of young children, pushchairs, getting all, like, you know, if you've got three kids and you go and do your shopping for the day, you can't get on the bus with three kids and bags and bags of shopping. That's going to be a pain, regardless of whether it's a bus to your house or a bus to the park and ride. If ten people on a park and ride bus have got loads of bags of shopping, where's everyone going to sit? You know, there's not enough space in between the seats to put them down on the floor. There's only one shelf to put yeah. to put luggage on and also as you and I know although we both have recently stopped driving to work and started walking and getting the bus not everyone has that option when we worked different shifts we couldn't you know I wouldn't have felt comfortable walking into work at, or walking home from work at 10 o'clock at night and and you do ha- if you work in Reading Town Centre and you work funny hours you do want to park in the town centre and if that's going to cost you £16 a day, pretty soon you're going to be out of pocket. So, although I agree with you on some points, I do think Mm. that there are lots of people that drive that don't need to drive and they could get a bus or walk or cycle. It's not an option for everybody and putting all day car parking up that much is going to make working in Reading Town Centre very difficult for lots of people. I guess the thing I'd I'd maybe add to that is that there there's certainly while obviously as you as you rightly say there are some people that can't or are unable or bus travel is unsuitable there are still plenty of people that it is and I guess it's those people that you know I I drove in today didn't need to but I did um, 
and I, I guess it's at the specific times of day as well that it really needs to be mm. to be kind of looked. So they're like the, the heavy traffic in the morning, the heavy traffic in the afternoon. Um, there are some shops, and certainly I've, I've been into some shops where um, I'd certainly my my wife when she goes to get a haircut gets a discount parking ticket from the the hairdressers. So that sort of thing does exist, and those businesses that have got people. Um, going into going into town or working in town and having to park that sort of stuff does exist there there is discount parking i have no idea how you get it but it does, like the, it, it, it does exist you can you can do it so um you know there are there are plenty of options i get, I get anyway it's a it's a it's a valid point and uh, you know there are plenty of people that could use the bus over using their car i think it's fair to say and maybe this might push them that way who knows well, we'll have to see. Um, uh, you know, these these things do get reviewed, and if it it turns out that um, people are boycotting car parks or or whatever, um, then or you know, the ultimate aim is to try and reduce congestion and to reduce traffic. And so, um, if that doesn't work, then they'll have mm. to have to look at new. My suspicion would be that it will make not a lot of difference. I think that's right. I think, I think, the attitudes will not change, mm. and they'll just say they'll just reluctantly pay, yeah, or perhaps work from home or something. But I, I don't. I think traffic in Reading is, like I say, unless somehow there's a hundred billion pound complete restructuring of the entire town. Um, it's not going to change. No. It's always going to be bad, yeah. um, and we'll, we'll just have. To, I think trying to get people to use more public transport is the right way to go. But like you say, it's, it's going to have to take a massive yeah. change, and, and and even more investment in public transport. And I, su- I suspect it will make a few people think and make a decision, but ultimately, probably not. The Oracle car parking prices aren't changing, are they? It's just the council-owned ones. It's, yeah, it's just the council-owned so. ones. Yeah, the, the Oracle um, is the same, I believe. I think it's still quite expensive to park there. For it them. is, although well, very reasonable if you get locked in the car park overnight. It's not bad, is it? Actually, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot better than you'd expect. Yeah, when I've left my car, when I used to commute in and then go out for a, for a drink after work and then stay at a friend's house and you go in the morning and think oh, this is going to cost me about 35 it was nowhere near that it was pretty reasonable so yeah leave your cars <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks guys uh, now it's time for a pre-recorded interview uh, with Suggs from Madness and I just want to just uh, before we get going on that um, the quality isn't totally brilliant because it was over a phone but um, enjoy roll the tape Hi, this is Doug from Bad Manners, and you're listening to The Real Wedding Podcast. Very good, Tom. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much for coming on our podcast, Suggs. Um, I know you've got two visits to Reading this year, uh, very different venues. Uh, What do you know about them? Um, I know that one's a stately home and one's something else. (laughs) It's a a really, really fine, uh, proper ninth, probably sort of early 80s sports centre. Um, 
yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very fine venue right outside. It's not far from uh, from Reading Festival site, actually. Brilliant. Um, they're obviously part of two very different tours. Um, yes. One, of course, Stately Madness. How did how did that come about? Uh, it, was, it was my idea, actually. I mean, we'd done a couple of Stately Homes over the years, and then we just sort of thought Stately Madness. After playing on the roof of Buckingham Palace, we've got a sort of taste for it. Sure. And uh, how the other half live. And just, you know, <laughs> we're always looking to do different things. You know, we did tours of uh, forests and racetracks. And anyway, and we put out the feelers. We realised the sort of eight or nine out-of-work tops that, that, that went out their <laughs> daily homes. So it's a nice little way to spend the summer, yeah. Sounds, sounds like a great idea. Um, I, yeah. I didn't manage to find this anyway. Are you, are you into cricket at all? I am a little bit, yes. Um, I, as I understand it from from a colleague of mine who who plays who plays cricket, there is a full size cricket pitch there. So you might want to get the boys uh, to get to get their bats out and all that kind of thing, and get down. God, to one of the most ignominious moments in my life was Mike Brearley, who is the most famous English captain of all time. Yes, his his kids went to the same nursery as mine in Camden Town, and um, he asked me if I'd join in in a, in a charity game, and he stood <laughs> behind me when I bowled and. Uh, I was hit for six pretty much every single ball and then he <laughs> dropped me and then he dropped me I've never been so embarrassed but anyway <laughs> took it love it oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange sport our, our yes, friends yes. who can't stop, can't stop I, talking about it so. well as Danny Baker once said the ball is just too hard the yes. ball is just too hard you know there's <laughs> a very big uh, error in this game yes <laughs> anyway yeah. um, so what what uh, what's going to be different about these shows? Is there anything? What can fans expect? Any anybody heading to uh, to Thiel? I don't know if you know Thiel at all. It's a lovely little village, but um, yeah, 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 lovely village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, um, um, no, I mean, what, they're not going to expect anything different. They're going to get madness. You know what I mean? It's like you never see yeah. madness, or you don't know what madness oh, yes. is. You know what we say is that you get madness when you come to <laughs> one of our concerts. There's one person, and you leave as a different person. You know, I mean, we throw ourselves into it headlong and. You know, it's been great because the live work has just got more and more interesting. You know, as I say, playing in different places, different environments. Sure. I mean, hopefully the sun shines. I and mean, it doesn't really matter if it doesn't, but it normally does. Um, and, you know, you just get, you know, euphoric uh, craziness. You know, that's what you get. Yeah. I, I do remember seeing you back at uh, Newbury Racecourse. I think it was raining that day and it was just an absolute wonderful joy. experience. That's what yeah. I said. Unbridled joy. <laughs> you know, that's just us. Never mind you lot. Yeah, that's what, oh, we get. that's what we get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant fun it was. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, we've quite a few Madness tribute bands that visit this area. Yeah. I, w- I wondered how you feel about those guys. Well, it's funny, really, yeah, because um, when we were split up in the sort of mid-80s, and a lot of these, that's when a lot of these bands sort of sprung out, um, we were kind of begrudging of them. But as time went by, I realised they were keeping the sort of candle light. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, I, I just feel like it's a kind of uh, a tribute to us. I mean, a tribute to them, a tribute to everybody. But the fact that sort of loads, I, mean, I think we've got more tribute bands than anybody else. Must be some sign yeah. that we're doing something all right. And, 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 and now I feel like I've met a lot of them as well. <laughs> and the other funny thing is that if one of our band members can't do a gig, we can always yeah. call up one of them bands and they know all the songs. <laughs> so it's a guitarist or a saxophone player. We've got a lot of people to draw on without having to do any rehearsals. So I'm very, very, very um, grateful to them. It's a bit like having a load of reserve teams, I suppose. Exactly. You can just, uh, a lot of people up. on the bench. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them are better than us, I must admit. The ones are better than us. I don't know names. I went to see one band, and they were actually better than us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's not let's not dwell on that too much. No, we, don't, we obviously don't want to. Uh, we don't want to no. send people off to them instead. No. Um, so uh, you played Reading Festival back in 2011. Is that was that the only time you've been to Reading? Do you know? No, I went a good few years before that. When my daughters were in their early teens, I think it might have been the first festival they ever went to, and I thought I'd better escort them there. Yeah. I, mean, I wasn't going to hang around. <laughs> my abiding memory of the night was we got there really late. It was pitch black, and the whole place was packed. And by the time we found a place for their tent, it was on this quite uh, big slope. And I tried to help them put the tent up, and I ended up in it, rolling down the <laughs> hill into a stream. <laughs> I had to be rescued. <laughs> it's my abiding memory of my first... Visit to Reading. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, there you go. What's uh, what's what's playing Reading Festival like as a as a as a huge act yourself? What's that What's that experience like playing a festival? Of well, that it's song? a great festival. I mean, what I like about Reading is you know, it started out as pretty much sort of heavy rock when I was a kid. Yeah, and it's obviously it's become a very eclectic festival, and that's what's nice. You know, you get a lot of different things going on, and that's what you really want from a festival. I mean, you know, it's been been our saving grace these festivals because you've got a lot of kids you know they haven't chosen just to see you you know you know what i mean yeah. you're not playing to uh to, to the converted and and then you convert people they just think well let's have a look at these old dinosaurs before <laughs> you know it they're turning up in the next show you do and so yeah. that's a great thing at festivals i mean we've always prided ourselves on being reasonably you know entertaining live and festivals are a great place to you know, showcase what it is, or showcase what's over word, but anyway, perform. Yeah. Performing, idiot. <laughs> and uh, people seem to like it, you know, it just seems to have snowballed. In the last sort of 10 years, I'd say, we're doing more yeah. festivals than we did, you know, in what you call the heyday. That's 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 fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. I, w- I wondered, uh, on these sorts of tours that you're doing, so as I say, you're doing two tours this year, you're coming to Reading, you're going to Englefield House on yeah. Friday the 6th of July, and Reading Rivermead on Wednesday the 19th of December. Um, I, what I wondered was, when you go to these towns, like obviously, obviously Reading's not a huge town in the, in the, in the country of England, but yeah. when you go to some of these sort of smaller places, do you get a chance to spend any time there, or is it just get there, sound test, off you go, gig? No, I mean, I, I personally try and spend a bit of time there. I mean, it's nice to get the day before. I mean, on the day of the actual gig, it, it's a bit too hectic. I mean, our saxophone player, Lee, he'll just... We'll be driving along and I'll just see a load of feathers outside a pub. And I know that Lee's <laughs> in the middle of it all. But I try and get there a day early and stay a day longer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the time when you actually get to see a little bit of it. And the joy of kind of where we're at now is, I mean, when we were younger, we were just like gig, 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 you know, town, town, town. Yeah. And now with these festivals, you can kind of hang around a little bit before and indeed after. No, I like to see a little bit of the town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... um you know, I mean, the other great fortune for Madness is people are mostly nice, you know, but, but on the day of a gig, just people are so excited that you just can't yeah. move, you know what I mean? But but if you get there the day after, uh, you just get to see a few people who saw the gig, and yeah. then you also get to see a bit of the town, yeah. So we, so we, could, we could potentially, if we're on the lookout the day before, particularly in, in December, we could see you maybe in, in the Nags Head or on walking across the Bridge or something like we that. certainly could. I think the Nags Head's probably the best of those two choices. <laughs> is it a pub you're familiar with? It's a very, very popular one here. I, I know that pub, yes, indeed. Excellent. As opposed to walking on, uh, uh, backwards and forwards across the bridge. I don't think yeah. I'm doing much of that. No. <laughs> well, I, I, I will certainly be looking out for you. I'll, I'll probably pop down there Tuesday, the day before, and I'll pop down the pub and see if you're there. That would be great. Um, All right. 
Um, I just wanted to ask you um, one one last question, if we've just got yeah. time, if that's okay. Um, I, I asked this question because back once I was interviewing a guy called Pete, who turned out to be from 2000's indie band, uh, Pete and the Pirates, and I didn't know yeah. that fact until we'd stopped recording. So obviously, in your many, many years, I just wondered, is there anything that uh, our listeners might not know about you? I keep bees. You keep bees? Yeah, in my underpants. <laughs> oh, is that, the, is that the best place for them? No. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's a funny thing. In London, people don't think you have bees, but it's very possible to keep bees on a flat roof. Uh, I get a lot of complaints from my neighbours. but um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. um, and I just had one last question, which was yeah. from, a, from a reader. Um, it was asked, uh, your one-man show, which I believe yeah. is called What a King Canute, is yeah. there any plans to bring that uh, to Reading or anywhere nearby? Yeah, I do hope so. Yeah, I'm going to do a bit more in October, and I'm directing all my thoughts on Reading. Excellent. <laughs> they, they will be very pleased to hear that. All right. was uh, Suggs from Madness um, he was great uh, I think you could I, I was a bit nervous doing it because I've never interviewed a, a major celeb before um, apologies to the pair of you you're both obviously uh, major, major celebs in your own right Hugh especially who was recognised at the football on, uh, on Monday which was oh, good yes. <laughs> yes. I hate it when that happens <laughs> are you Hugh for? Yeah. oh yes um, so sorry so you know I was a bit nervous doing it and I think sort of and but he Suggs was great I think just he was possibly just getting a little bit um he was ready to get off the phone as most men are are you boring him almost certainly (laughs) um but yeah he he was great and it told some good stories especially about Reading Festival and and coming to Reading and stuff so um I also talked to him a little bit about like the cover bands and stuff and that was really good so I hope uh, everybody enjoyed listening to that um Suggs and Madness are playing in Reading at Englefield House on Friday the 6th of July and they are also playing later on at Rivermead in December on December the 19th at Rivermead Leisure Centre so I think the tickets for both those are still available and as I mentioned we have a competition so um the competition will be run on our Facebook page because uh, the last time we checked, the number of likes on our Facebook page was really poor. So we'd like to try and uh, improve that a little bit. So by, as a way to do that, um, we would love you to go... A bribe. A bribe, as a bribe to do that. We would love you to go to our Facebook page. We will put a post up on Friday morning and all you have to do is message our Facebook page, uh, click on the messenger button, send us a message with the name of the English cricketer that Suggs mentions in the interview. That's all. Drop us a message on Facebook and you will uh, be in with a chance to win one of five pairs of tickets to uh, Suggs and Madness at Englefield House. Cool. Sounds great, isn't it? Sounds great, yeah. If I didn't already have tickets, I'd definitely be entering. <laughs> um, it is time for this week's random question. Woo. You did it last time, Jenny, it's you. Okay, this week's question is... Favourite place behind the scenes? 
What does that mean? Ah, right. Okay, so this one <laughs> is, uh, so in your jobs as journalists, you quite often go behind the scenes of some of Reading's yeah. uh, famous uh, and not so famous and um, maybe some undesirable places as well. And I was just wondering, what was your favourite? What was your most memorable behind the scenes moment? I actually did go and do a really cool behind the scenes look at the Museum of English Rural Life okay. just before it reopened. And while home I was the there, <laughs> it is the home of the unit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> while I was there, I got taken into the archives that they have there. And they have the complete collection of Ladybird books. You've mentioned this before, I think yes. I have, yeah. yeah. But it was, it was just fascinating seeing all of the titles that you remember from childhood. Like, you know, some books that I'd seen at my grandparents' house that my, my mum and my uncle used to read when, when they were kids. Um, but as well as the books, they also had all the kind of, I don't think they were originals, but prints of all the drawings that are in the books. Um, and and that is that is really wonderful to see. I think they're now kept at the University of Reading, but Reading is the official home of the Ladybird Archive, um, so they are somewhere in the town. But that was really cool. And I also another kind of nerdy one <laughs> um, went to go and do a behind the scenes look at Reading Museum, and I had a look at kind of all the they've got filing drawers filled with dead insects <laughs> wow <laughs> obviously not just in a drawer yeah. like on a on a sheet you know behind glass wow perspects, that kind of thing um and they showed me all of their art and they showed me all of the um education boxes that they take out to primary schools they've got these boxes filled with kind of ration books from from the second world war and gas masks and all of that kind of cool stuff so that was cool that are the two really interesting places that i've had a look around hugh fry's walk fry's walk okay yeah the derelict shopping center i went around there a good while ago now and it's really eerie there's a, <laughs> clock, there's a clock in there which has stopped on I think it's 10.37. I couldn't tell you if it's in the morning or the evening. Oh, okay. It's in uh, one of those 24-hour clocks. Yeah. Was there a puma No, no, it's a clock. A clock with hands. Oh, okay. Right. Because if it was a 24-hour clock, yeah. I would be able to tell exactly yeah. where yeah. it stopped. Well, it was, yeah. Is there a puma Broken there? clocks right twice a day. Yeah, True. absolutely. True. Um, and there is the old... The, the, the bit I remember is going into the old children's... Play area. It's still got a ball pit. <laughs> You've got, <laughs> got a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it's my um, my my Facebook profile on my journalist page. Keeping things um, professional. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, that was about the only one I could find. And uh, yeah, the ball pit's still there. It's got a kind of helter skelter style slide in it. But um, what I remember about it is how dark it is even mm. during the day. Um, where the clock is. It's got a skylight, so that's that's light. But then you go into the um, into the rest of the shopping centre, and it's it's pretty much pitch black in yeah. a lot of places. It's so well sealed off. You can say like if someone if someone was looking for somewhere to hold a zombie experience, <laughs> okay, yeah, Friars Walk. You know, <laughs> like, yes, this is the most perfect place that you could find anyway. Um, is that still going on there? I have. They're, they're not doing. They've changed it up, so okay. they're not doing a zombie experience anymore. They're doing a post-zombie experience. So imagine a world where nuclear bombs have been dropped right. to extinguish the world of all zombies. 
and then you're kind of like in a post-apocalyptic battle to the death. Oh. Um, okay. But I've been to the zombie experience, and it is, <laughs> it is a really cool place to do it because you're right; it's it's dark and it's like it's 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 creepy just being in yeah. a place that's so big and you know filled with you can st- is it the CNA sign? <laughs> yes, the CNA sign. Yeah, there's other, yeah, there's it's just. It's just, I always think it's odd, you know, it's been closed for, oh God knows how long, years and years and years and years and no one has ever been in there and just cleared, cleared it out. Just, <laughs> these places just get left, mm. you know. Um, the other weird place I've been behind the scenes at, this was this was years and years and years and years ago, was the old utopia. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine going into an, an old 1990s super nightclub with no one else in it. Yeah. Um, as it's, um, I think it must have been, they must have been redoing it for that brief period where it opened, reopened again as J12, it was called. Oh, yeah. It was open for about three months as a, as a nightclub. But we went in there and it's exactly, it was like, it was being all the old carpets and stuff were being ripped out. But the, you know, it just had this memories of this bustling, drunk, slightly aggressive place. But completely empty. It still smells smoke. It was that kind yeah. of that kind of time, you know. The, I can't remember if the smoking ban had come in or not, but this, it definitely was a very smoky place when we used to go there, and um, and it just smelled of yeah, horrible, really. You know, kind of teenage nightclub. <laughs> uh, this wasn't a, um, a an official visit through work either. This was we went. We had gone there for something, me and my friends. Possibly to go to the bowling next yeah. to it, and um, saw the door, saw the side doors open. <laughs> so said, said to the builders who were working it, "Can we kind of come in?" And have a quick look? <laughs> they were like, "You're all right, mate." <laughs> and uh, we did. And it was it was thoroughly surreal uh, being in an, in, a, in an empty nightclub. I've also been in the, into not really behind the scenes, sort of behind the scenes, in that. Again, the similar sort of thing. The after dark club. I've been in yeah. there during the day when it's closed, <laughs> and. Hugh just loves going to empty nightclubs. Yeah, yes. empty, empty night. I've got a bit of a fascination with empty, sort of empty derelict buildings. But <laughs> these, these urban explorer types who go in and take pictures are, uh, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, what they do, and but it, it always surprises me when no one ever bothers to take anything out of these buildings. Just leaves them as they are. Yeah. Um, oh, if I- the other one. <laughs> <laughs> This is really weird. This is in Bracknell. Can I talk yeah. about Bracknell? You can talk about Bracknell. The very famous building in Bracknell, the, the old 3M building. Oh, yes. I went to the very top of that, 17 wow. stories, up the stairs, because obviously <laughs> didn't have any electricity. I nearly died. <laughs> 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 My calves were burning at the time. We went, but yeah, it was still, that had been closed for about 10 or 15 yes. years. It still had filing cabinets in it and stuff like wow. that. And, Did you um, see the peregrine falcons? I didn't see the peregrine falcons, no, but... Um, we went up onto the roof of it and looked over, looked over the old Bracknell and, I should, you know, what have you, <laughs> grey, <laughs> grey and green. So I've I've had a few of my. If I I'm, I don't normally take part in this one, but I just wanted to mention the old uh, Reading Evening Post print room, where uh, we were we were all lucky enough to kind of see the papers yeah. being printed. That was great. Just seeing it go round in a big circle on a it big thing and cool, watching yeah. it all come out like, the old editor used to get yeah. whoever joined yeah like, come and see the Britons yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic yeah. um, thanks for those guys uh, Jenny a couple of events just to finish off yes so this Sunday the 24th of June is the Burfield Boxcart Bash 
where the team Mortimer Sausage Company will be defending their title after winning last year's event. It's running from midday until about five o'clock, I think. There are loads of different heats. Um, you can go along, adult tickets are £3, under 14s are £2, family tickets £7. Um, and I think that would be really good fun. You mm. kind of make these these go-karts out of all sorts of things and, and race them down. What's the name of the big hill Hermit Hill. Burfield? Hermit Hill. Hermit Hill, where yeah. I used to live. Cycled up it a few times, it's I not easy. Be, I imagine if I lived there now, I'd still be very cross if that road got closed. We've also got, um, after the very exciting opening of Reading Abbey last weekend, um, Colt Screens, the open-air cinema company, is coming to Reading Abbey this weekend. So from Thursday to Saturday, they are screening The Lost Boys, The Greatest Showman, and everyone's favourite 80s cult classic, Top, Top Gun. Gun. I feel the need. <laughs> Um, there are a couple of food festivals as well, which I'll just quickly go into for people with dietary restrictions. Um, on Both on Saturday, um, at Station Hill in Reading, we've got the monthly Reading Vegan Festival. And at Green Park, we have got um, a gluten-free festival. And someone from MasterChef is going to be at that one. Her name's Jane. She won last year or two years ago. Um, she's got a celiac child and she's written a recipe book for um, for gluten-free people. And and she's going to be there doing cooking demonstrations and chatting to people. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what's going on this weekend. We've got loads more stuff. Oh, there's like a tree climbing activity day. There's loads of stuff going on. So take a look at Get Ready and see our listing of what's going on this weekend because there's some good fun stuff. And England apply. Sunday. Oh, I forgot about that. Mm. Panama. Yeah, on Sunday. Should be a good one. They're doing it at Station Hill again. Yep, um, sounds good. So, yeah, if you bit boozy down there if you enjoy yourselves. Um, cheers Jenny uh, if you want to get involved in the show you can look you can follow and write to us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and you can look us up on Facebook especially if you want to enter our madness competition by searching Real Reading Podcast you'll find us on there it's the orange thing with the two I love Reading mugs um, do go and find us uh, and if you're able please leave us a lovely review on Apple uh, uh, Apple Podcasts is what I'm trying to say um, if you know anyone who you think would be great to interview for the podcast please do let us know uh, the only prerequisite is that they must live or work in the town and most importantly they must love Reading that's all for now we'll see you in a week bye, bye. hi this is Suggs from Bad Manners and you're listening to the Real Reading Podcast